I want to open this morning as we uh, turn our attention to the Word of God and what He has to say to us about these habits we've been studying. I want to open this morning by showing you a picture of one of my favorite things on the face of the planet to eat, okay? Now, listen, I realize if you're practicing some of these habits, uh, like fasting, this may not be good, okay? I, I thought, I was like, we, we've talked about fat. Maybe somebody shows up and they're fasting this morning. And this is, I'm sorry, but there's a point to the picture uh, that, that I hope to show you. So, so here it is. Here it is, a picture of one of my favorite things to eat. Oh, you know what it is, right? Tiramisu. <laughs> I, I, I just want to be honest with you. I have a problem with tiramisu. Um, I mean a problem like I can't stop eating it kind of problem. Uh, when done rightly, it's one of the most amazing desserts on the face of the planet. Here's why I love it, okay? I love it because it's a dessert that's made up of a bunch of components that on their own aren't that spectacular, right? I mean, ladyfingers, you ever eat a ladyfinger? You're like, that's okay. If you ever have a shot of espresso, you're like, eh, I could use some cream and some sugar. If you ever try a bite of mascarpone on its own, you're thinking cheese and dessert. That doesn't seem to go uh, right. And then cocoa powder, of course, again, just not all that. But something about when you put all those ingredients together, it just makes this beautiful medley that is just absolutely delicious. See, we've been spending uh, the last couple months talking about these habits of grace, and we've talked about the fact they fall in different categories. Next week, we'll start a new category. But to this point, we've talked about hearing God's voice, and uh, the last month, we've been talking about having God's ear, basically Bible intake and scripture memorization and meditation, and we've been talking about prayer uh, in, in several dis- different ways. And, and I, I want to say to you this morning, I know what it's like to be you. You hear these messages on all these disciplines you're supposed to do, all these ingredients, and if you view them as separate ingredients, it's a little overwhelming, right? We, we had some of our youth say this last week, wait a second, so pastor, I'm supposed to uh, read the Bible, which I haven't been doing, I'm supposed to pray, I'm supposed to meditate, I'm supposed to memorize, I'm supposed to, to journal, I, I, I don't know how to fit all of that in. And that's the problem, when we look at it from, from that perspective, just as all these individual things we're supposed to do, it can be overwhelming. And that's why I kind of love the habits we're going to talk about this morning. Because they're, they're, they're two habits that we're going to talk about together. And on their own, they, they're not meant to stand on their own. What they're meant to do is show you how all these things are supposed to come together and to form something beautiful. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning as we talk about the habits of silence and solitude. Okay? Join me in a word of prayer. Father, um, we come before you this morning just praying that you would meet us in a very um, powerful way as we study your word, as we, we seek to commit ourselves to being your people, to being led by your spirit. Holy Spirit, we want to recognize that you are the teacher of this church and that without you, we, we can do nothing for Jesus. And so we ask right now that you would come We invite you to take your place as our teacher, as our guide. We ask that you would lift up and exalt Jesus Christ, King Jesus, as you are lifted up in our minds and in our hearts and in our midst. Would you change us? Would you transform us into your image, into your likeness, that that we we might think your thoughts and that we might want your ways, that, that you would radically change our priorities and the things that we're living for, that we might reflect your glory and that we might live for your cause. King Jesus, we love you. 
We ask all these things in your holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen. Amen. Guys, when we talk about silence and solitude, I want to start by defining them as as holy habits or spiritual habits. And and, and so I'm going to give you a brief definition. It's not on the screen, so if you want to jot it down, I'll repeat it twice. I'll try to walk through it slowly. Um, But when we talk about silence as a habit, what I mean is voluntarily and temporarily, okay? Those are two big words, voluntarily and temporarily. This is not something we do forever, okay? But voluntarily and temporarily, um, it's abstaining from speaking so that certain spiritual goals might be sought out, okay? So, so the habit of silence is voluntarily and temporarily abstaining from talking or speaking so that certain spiritual goals might be sought out, all right? So for a period of time, I say, I'm, I'm not going to talk for a while so that I might hear the Lord more clearly, so that I, I might listen um, to, to others in need and hear their hurts, right? It's some period of time that, that we're going to do this, okay? So that's, that's uh, the habit of silence. Now, the habit of solitude, very much like it, it's voluntarily, temporarily withdrawing to a private place, okay? Withdrawing uh, away from people, basically, again, to, to seek out or for spiritual purposes. Voluntarily, temporarily withdrawing to privacy for spiritual purposes. Purposes. And these habits are usually found together, by the way. And, and we even see them in the way that we label these times that we have. For instance, some people uh, call their time with the Lord, they call it quiet time. I, I need to make sure I'm having my quiet time. Now those people, what they're emphasizing there specifically is the silence portion of it, right? Quiet time. Okay, and they're saying, I've I, I got to get quiet so I can hear from the Lord. Other people call the same time my time alone with God. And what they're emphasizing is the solitude portion of it, right? So, so quiet time, I'm emphasizing the silence so I can hear. Uh, time alone with God, I'm emphasizing the solitude. It's just me and God so he can speak to me and I can hear from him. Um, but what I want to say to you this morning is they're really just different sides of the same coin. In fact, that's why we're talking about them together. Because in scripture, we normally find these two habits working together in unison um, to the glory of God. Now, the, the other thing I want to tell you before I tell you why we need these things in our lives is I want to tell you why um, you're n- not going to naturally want to seek these things out, okay? You're not naturally going to want to seek out silence and solitude because they make you uncomfortable, okay? They're going to make you uncomfortable. Silence and solitude make us uncomfortable. And they make us uncomfortable because the, the world that we live in... Um, it, our, our, our surroundings condition us to be comfortable with noise. Okay? Everything from population to industrialization has made us familiar with the humming of something. It's the humming of an engine. It's the humming of an appliance. It's, it's the humming of a person. We're like, stupid! Um, and it, it, like, we're just surrounded by things that make noise. I have four children. There is never silence in my house. We're accustomed to it. In fact, we're so accustomed to the sound of noise that we've actually become a people that are dependent upon noise to find rest, right? Now we've invented machines to make noise so that we can sleep because we're used to noise, right? Now, on top of that, something that makes things very difficult is technology now is so accessible and it's so appealing that it has invaded every quiet place in our lives that we used to have. 
And there are no longer any spaces where technology isn't there. People go to the bathroom now with their phone, right? People take showers playing music on their phone. Like the shower used to be the one place you could get some peace and quiet. Think about it. When you drive somewhere now in your car, especially during the summer, you've got your engine uh, making noise, your muffler, all those things. Uh, you definitely have your AC blowing in Texas on full blast, so that, that noise is going. You've got your radio on. If you've got kids in the car, maybe there's a DVD playing. Uh, or, or, or worse yet, everybody has out their own tablets, hopefully except for the driver. And everybody is consuming some form of noise. Because of all of these things, the thought of silence... And solitude often makes us uncomfortable. And, 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 and even when the thought doesn't make us uncomfortable, the practice sure does. And so when I challenge you this week to get away and to get quiet, I just want you to know as you try to flesh this out, it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel awkward. Despite that, it is important. I want to give you four reasons why it's really, really important to do this. Number one, and we need to practice these habits because Jesus practiced them. Because Jesus practiced these habits, all right? That, that should be enough right there, um, but, but, it, but it's just huge. So um, Matthew 14, 23 uh, says this. It says, after dismissing the crowds, um, Jesus, that's he, went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there all alone. Mark 1, 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up and he went out and he made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. Luke 5, 16. Probably my favorite of these. It says, yet he often withdrew, he often withdrew to deserted places and he prayed. Listen, if Jesus needed silence and solitude, how much more do we? You follow me? I, I mean, listen, if, if the creator of heaven and earth, that, that, that's John chapter 1, right? Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. Okay? With him was life, and that life was the light of men. I'm like, like, if Jesus Christ needed silence and solitude in his life to, to, to do life, to do ministry, to recover, to prepare, if Jesus needed those things in his life, how much more do we? How much more do we need those practices in our lives? We find these practices interwoven throughout all that Jesus does. In fact, just think about it this way. The, the disciples come to him and say, Jesus, how do we, how do we pray? Right? Matthew uh, 6, 6. He says, but well, when you pray, this is what you do. You go into your private room, you shut your door, and you pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And of course, we talked about that this is where prayer is birthed. It begins in secret. It didn't stay there. The early church, they began to pray together, but they still practice private prayer. And what is Jesus saying? He said, listen, if you want to commune with God, you've got to get away. You've got to get away from all the noise. You've got to get away from all the distraction. You need some silence. You need some solitude. And then, in that place, you talk to God. Then, in that place, you commune with God. That's what your soul needs. That's what your spirit needs. That's what Jesus is teaching his disciples. Jesus practiced these things. That is a big deal. If Jesus needed silence and solitude, how much more do we, okay? Second reason why they're important. Because being alone and quiet helps us focus on hearing the voice of God. Right? Being alone and quiet helps us focus 
in on hearing the voice of God. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open them up to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to be in verse 11. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 11. And as you make your way there, I'll just give you a little bit of a background, right? Elijah, uh, as, as, as we, well, we, we, we reference James chapter 5, which talks about Elijah who said, basically, it's not going to rain. He says to King Ahab, it's not going to rain until I say so. God honors that prayer. So, so in the midst of all that, Elijah's, uh, one of his mountaintop moments is, is there. He's on the mountaintop with all the false prophets of Baal. And, and it's about to rain, but it's not going to rain until Elijah says so. Um, but, but he's going to prove that all these false prophets are wrong. And so they're up there, and, and he says, you guys, let's have a test. You guys make an offering, I'll make an offering, and then you pray to your God. God, and I'll pray to my God and let's see whose God is the one true God. And so the prophets of Baal make an offering. They put out stuff and they start dancing around and cutting themselves. Then they're literally, they're bleeding out here on, on the altar of, of religion and, and nothing happens. So Elijah takes his offering and he, and he begins, he digs a trench. Remember, he pours water on it three times. He's going he's gonna to pour water on it. And then he's going to pray. And God is going to consume with a fire, the entire offering, it's going to be gone. And the people are amazed. And at that point, Elijah's going to say to those there, grab the people, grab the false prophets of Baal, put them to death. Now, it, it's an amazing moment for God and for his prophet. Um, but all it really does is ignite a passion under the king's wife, Jezebel. King was Ahab, his wife was Jezebel. She hated Elijah. So Elijah becomes public enemy number one. And, and so he runs for his life. And he, he's so consumed with his circumstance, with the fact that he is now publicly, uh, public enemy number one, and he's being pursued, and that she wants to kill him, that he actually, the Bible actually says that he wants to die. He, he, life is so difficult, he, he reaches a point that he says, listen, I, I just want to die, God. I'm, I'm done with this, right? And God calls out to him. He speaks to him. He says, Elijah, I want you to come and meet with me. And so he calls Elijah to the mountain of God. Uh, it's called Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And he says, Elijah, I want you to come up and I want you to talk with me. And that's where I'm going to pick up. I'm in 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 11. Uh, God is, is speaking. He says, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering cliffs before the Lord. That's, that's a strong wind. It's shattering cliffs. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice. Highlight this part. A soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. Mm. God says, Elijah, I want you to come and meet with me on my mountain. But God wasn't in the loud noise. God wasn't speaking through the rushing wind. He wasn't speaking through the shaking ground. He wasn't speaking through the crackling fire. No, after all that, there was a voice, a soft whisper. And that was the voice of God. And Elijah goes out to meet him. Listen, I want you to hear this clearly. Everything in our world is shouting for your attention. 
it, it is literally one of the enemy's greatest tactics. I, I, I think of the devil and I, I think of, you know, his, ta- his marketing is about like Las Vegas, right? He wants to get your attention. So he's going to shout, look at me! Worry about me! Be afraid of me! Be focused on me! And, and you think about the world and everything that we face, that is our world today. No, you need some you time. Just sit and watch this. No, you need to focus on your financial future. You better be that. No, you better focus on politics because that's what matters. No, you better focus on education because without education you'll fall in ruin. And everything in the world says, look at me. You need me. You need attention. And yet, in the midst of all of it, God is just gently whispering. I am here. I am what matters. I am what counts. I am what lasts. Everything else will be dust. wonder this morning have we fallen into the trap of listening to the shouts and the screams of the world and forsaking the gentle whisper of our God who is ever present reminding us that he is here that he loves us no matter how bad we've messed up that he has paid the price for our greatest sin not just the sin we once committed but the sin we will commit it And that he is enough for us. It's a big deal. God's not usually into the kind of marketing that the devil is. He's usually just whispering, my child, come to me. Trust me. Rest in me. I am enough. Mm. Mm. Being alone and quiet helps us focus on hearing that voice. Third reason, ready? Ready? Being silent before the Lord can be an act of worship. Third reason we need to practice silence and solitude is because being silent before the Lord can be an act of worship. Habakkuk 2.20 says, But the Lord is in His holy temple. Let the whole earth be silent in His presence. Ooh. Zephaniah 1.7 says it this way. It says, Be silent in the presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. See, part of what we're doing when we get away and, and, and we withdraw and we get quiet before the Lord, part of what we're doing is we're saying, God, I need you. Saying, say, God, I'm withdrawing away from all the stuff because I know the stuff isn't the answer. Because God, I've tried the stuff and, and the stuff has failed me. Because I've tried to cram everything else in life into this giant crater in my chest and it still leaves me feeling empty, God. I believe that you are the creator of the universe, that you are the answer, that you are the place that I need to turn. And so I'm going to withdraw away from all of this that I can see and withdraw away and, and, and lean into the one that I can't see, but I know who made everything that I can see. And I'm just going to rest in you. And I'm going to glory at you. And you think about the times that it's the middle of the night and you turn off a television set and you wander outside and you just look up at all the stars and you know the God that made them knows exactly how many hairs are on your head. And you just sit and worship and say, oh my gosh, God. Right? 
You think of the moments when you're overwhelmed by stress and anxiety, and you hear this very small voice say, I've got this. And you just turn it all off, and you just sit in that moment and in that silence, and you actually let him have it. Oh, it's an act of worship. It's an act of worship, okay? Last reason. Last reason. Silence and solitude with God restores us and gives us rest. It's the last reason we practice this, why it's important. Silence and solitude with God restores us and gives us rest. Psalm uh, 23, 23rd Psalm, you're familiar with it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Get this next verse. He restores my soul. Okay? Restores my soul. Now, he doesn't always restore me physically, though that happens sometimes. Many times, he, he, he reminds me, like, I ain't done yet. You better keep going. But I'm going to restore your vigor. I'm going to restore your spirit. I'm going to restore your passion, your ability to pour into others. I'm going to restore your soul. It's a great promise of God in the 23rd Psalm. Listen to this invitation from Jesus to his disciples in Mark 6. He says to them, come away by yourselves that means with me, come away by yourselves with me to a remote place and what? Rest for a while. Anybody need that this morning? Amen? Amen. Like, Lord, I have just been doing it and taking care of this and taking care of that. And the truth is, I just need some rest. That's why it's so important to build these habits. One person I was reading this week calls them rhythms. We've got to build these rhythms into our lives when we, we, we draw away to be with Jesus so that we can go pour out into the world. When we draw away to be with Jesus so that we can come back. Think about the, the, the waves crashing on the shore. It's not just bam, bam, bam. I mean, there, there's, there's a moment, right, when you see them almost withdraw to build up. And they've got to withdraw to build up. And the same is true in your life. You've got to withdraw to build up so that you can pour out. It's a big deal. Then there's always this invitation from, from Jesus, which isn't just to those disciples, it's to all disciples, right? It's my favorite invitation really in the Bible. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is his light. To rest in Jesus is to get away from all of the demands of this world, just to fall into him, to recognize that it's only through him that we can do anything that matters, anything that lasts. It's a call away from self-dependence, which constantly wears on a man and eats away at a man, and instead it's a call to place all of our cares upon him, to trust in him fully, okay? So that's why we do it. Let's talk a little bit about how, okay? I can give you four things very quickly and we'll be done. Application, number one, uh, here's, here's, here's where you begin. I, I said these things don't stand on their own. It's not, well, I'm just going to do these things and that's it. No, these things have to work with other things. So here's the first challenge, is use silence and solitude with your daily devotions, okay? 
So when you you read, when you pray, when you're spending time with the Lord, whether it's time alone with God or a quiet time, however you want to do it, what's necessary is that you you get alone, that you get quiet, that you withdraw some way. Now, now, Now listen, it can be a place in your house, it can be out in the backyard, you can go to the park, you can go to your car, it can be on your lunch break, right? At lunch you withdraw from everybody else and uh, when, when I worked at Texas Children's Hospital back in the day, there was always, we had two offices in our main office that nobody used. And so you could always withdraw to a quiet place, there were no phones in that, in that little area and you could shut a door and you could just, just have some time alone, alright? Maybe, maybe you, you find that kind of place, some place that you're alone with the Lord. And so the, the first and primary way is you want to use this with your daily devotions. Get away, get quiet, and then in that place, when we talk about daily devotions, what do we do? We read the scripture, we meditate, we pray, right? Remember, praying can be journaling. These are not ingredients. I have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and J. Like, like, no, no, it's all meant to be together. It's all meant to flow together. And so my time alone with God, maybe I have my Bible and I have my journal and I open up and I read. And as I pray, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write that out to the Lord. Or, or, or maybe today I'm, I'm not going to journal and that's okay. I'm just going I'm, I'm to lay myself before the Lord and I'm just going to seek his face, right? Whatever that looks like for you. It, it's, just, it's just all together. It's not that you have to do 20 steps. Does that make sense? If you, if you look at it like ingredients, you're going to be overwhelmed. These are all supposed to work together, okay? Uh, two, I want to challenge you this week to practice moments of silence and solitude throughout the day. So, so you start with your time alone with the Lord, which I, I always recommend in, in the morning. Um, why? Some people say, I want it, like my, one of my kids said to me, I want to do it at night. And I said, well, just remember, you sin less in your sleep. Um, we, we need devotions in the morning to keep us from sin, right? And so, like, that's kind of important. And, and so that, that's a big deal. So I, I want to I challenge you. you. You do that first, but then throughout the day, have moments where you practice silence and solitude. Well, what does that look like? Uh, how many of you drive around during the day? Ever in a car? Ever during the day? Okay, so you're in a car during the day, right? So you're driving around. Uh, I don't know what radio station you listen to, but I think every radio station I listen to has commercials. Okay, whether I, I can listen to Spirit 105.9 and then they have commercials for like, I don't know, a lot of minutes. Um, if I listen to sports radio sometimes, same kind of thing, right? So what can you do during those commercial breaks? Turn the radio off. It's amazing. I mean, not down, off. All of a sudden it's quiet. And just during those moments, just think about the Lord. Just change your focus, change your attention, begin to pray. Maybe you've been working on memorizing a scripture and so you work on that during that time. Just, just little three-minute gaps during your day. Maybe you're driving somewhere and you've got 30 minutes. You say, okay, it's 30 minutes from A to B. I know where I'm going to go. And instead of just my three-minute gaps, on the way there, I'm just going to practice silence. I'm going to turn my phone off, right? I'm going to turn my radio off, and I'm just going to drive for half an hour and think about the Lord, okay? And you can do that. So practice it throughout your day. Any space that you find yourself, right, that you can actually get alone and get quiet before the Lord. It's interesting. You know the world is seeing the need for this too. Not just Christians, okay? The world is, is figuring out that because of technology and things, like, it, it's great, but we have no quiet space. And so, so creatives are saying, like, the world is much less creative than it used to be because there's no quiet space to think anymore. And so they're, they're finding, like, we, we, you can think in your car and in the shower, the two safe places. So they're saying, well, don't turn on the radio in the car and take a longer shower, right? And these are creatives. It doesn't have to do with Jesus for them. It's just about, I got to have some time to think. We need that time with the Lord, okay? And so I challenge you to do that. Number three, uh, I challenge you to really find your Horeb. And this ties in with one. It really does. 
um, when we talk about quiet time or having alone time with the Lord, it really is good to have a consistent place that you meet with the Lord. Okay, so you need to find wherever that special place is for you. And maybe that special place isn't a place that you can find every day. Maybe that it is. Um, but, but find that place that you can meet with the Lord and meet with Him there, okay? And then lastly, uh, just, just to help others out, you may think about trading off with someone. Trading off with someone. What do you mean, Pastor? Here's what I mean. It's difficult to find quiet space every day for some of us, Right? Maybe you have kids or you have grandkids. You've got, you've got priorities. There's things to do. Maybe um, this works with, with, with your spouse. And you say, hey, listen, today is going to be my day to get up and have some quiet time. You, you'll take care of the kids. And then tomorrow we'll trade off. And I'll do breakfast for the kids while you withdraw to the bedroom and you have a moment, right? It works with small groups. So you think small groups, some small groups, we have too many kids, right? And so, so one day you have fellowship. The next day the guys say, hey, we're going to watch the kids while you guys go have some time alone with the Lord. And then we'll swap next week. And the ladies will watch the kids and we'll have some time. So it, it's providing the space that somebody else can have that time alone with the Lord. And sometimes it's just necessary. Listen, there are phases in life we've been through. There's just no way that we can both have time alone with the Lord. There's, just, there's no way that we can have quiet space, space to withdraw. So what you do in those seasons is you help one another withdraw. All right? Help one another withdraw. You may do that for somebody that's not even your spouse. Maybe we've, we've got lots of people in our church that are involved with foster care. And maybe you say to them, hey, we want to create some space for you. Can, can we watch your kids one night so you can have some space to be alone, to withdraw, to be alone with the Lord, all right? Those things are really, really important. So here's what we're going to do, uh, a little different. Um, I'm going to pray, and uh, we're going to practice. So uh, if you weren't here, how many of you were not here last week? You're not here last week. Okay, you weren't here last week, you didn't get a journal, but that's okay. We bought these amazingly expensive 50-cent books for you. Um, it's a grand gift. And, uh, and so in a second, uh, you can have one and, and the, the journal and you can go back and listen, but it's, it's literally just a place that you can pray and talk to God, that you could share your heart just like the, uh, the people that we find in the, in, in the Bible, like Jeremiah through Lamentation. He just laments to the Lord. He prays honestly to the Lord. Same thing in the book of Psalms. Just, I'm going to be honest with you, God. Here's where I am. Here's what I'm struggling with. Um, but we're going to practice silence. And so we're just going to spread out. And, and you're going to have, like we did last week, some period of time. You can journal during this time. You can pray during this time. You can read scripture during this time. I mean, it's just, literally, it's just, you, you can just think and meditate. Just think on the Lord during this time. But it's going to be weird to you. Guess what? Nobody's playing the piano. Okay? I'm not talking. It's just going to be time for you and the Lord. I'm going to time it. I'm going to give you some space. And, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be awkward. Because it may be the only quiet time you've had in months, all right? So it's going to be weird, but we're going to practice it together. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray, and uh, when I'm done praying, would you spread out to the best of your ability? Uh, you know, again, you know, if, the parents, feel free. You can take these and give them to kids. They can draw while you get away and be with the Lord. That's okay. Um, and so uh, we're, we're just going to create a space where we can, we can withdraw. And again, we're withdrawing for the purpose of being with God. We can, we can read, we can pray, we can meditate, we can journal, all those things during this space. Father, be with us now. Holy Spirit, invite you into this time that it would be amazing, that we could withdraw away, that we could get used to um, what seems uncomfortable because we, are never, um, we, we never withdraw and we never get quiet. So I just pray that you would meet with us in a very special way during this time. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. Amen. And quietly, just where you are, if you need a journal, you can come get one. Uh, if you don't, just where you are, we're going to ask that you would spread out to the best of your ability and just go before the Lord, the best of your ability, come before the Lord, 
quietly and spend some time with him and I'll call us all back together when it's time. All right, by my count, it's about seven minutes. How was it? Weird? Strange? Be uncomfortable. Sometimes we feel like, that's, I'm just not, I'm, I've got to be programmed differently. I'm going to tell you, guys, you need it more than you think. You need it so much more than you think. The time to withdraw away. Uh, I don't know what you prayed. Um, I don't know what you uh, experienced, but I, I can tell you what I, some of the things I was praying, I was praying, God, would you show me who I am to you? As I'm praying, I, 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 I'd moved on to something else and, and the Lord put a song in my heart, you know? It was saying that I was chosen, that I am who he says I am. I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, that's good. That's a good answer right there. Uh, God's good. We've got to get away so that we can hear that just still, small voice, that ever-present, quiet whisper.